0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I'd like to claim that every day in fantasy sports is wild adventure where players should be added, players should be dropped, crazy activity, but I'm going to be straight with you all, yesterday was not that day, Monday was chill. I don't think, I'm looking back, quick scan, just to make sure I didn't forget something. I don't think anyone got hurt yesterday. No, that's not true. Hamadou Diallo tweaked an ankle. But, I mean, how much of an impact on your team did that actually have? And it was a small card, admittedly, only six games, but that's still 12 teams. That's still, what is that, 40% of the NBA played yesterday and nobody got hurt? Most of the ads and drops that we have at this part of the season happen because someone got hurt, and it didn't happen yesterday. Which I don't know. It's I've, I've kind of mixed feelings about this. Uh, sometimes you kind of want there to be a little bit of activity, but also at the same time you don't want it to be your guy. So it feels very much like a "be careful what you wish for" kind of situation. In life, in fantasy sports, and fantasy sports is life, of course. Degenerates, though we may be. We are now officially under five weeks left in the NBA season, which is nuts. 80% of the way through, overall, on the NBA season, for head-to-head, many of you had your playoffs start yesterday. Hopefully, your streams went well. I... I picked up Victor Oladipo in one spot, and it actually worked, which was mind-boggling. And then I needed to make another move, and that's where I I couldn't—I just couldn't figure out what to do with it. I ended up going Jeff Green. It's not a lot of players in that league, in, in the hopes that I could like steal, you know, two or three made free throws on a good percentage, or a steal or a block, and I got none of the above. But it's hard for me to complain when the Oladipo one panned out so well. Because I got way more out of him than I thought. And then I got way less on the other one. And it probably balanced out in the middle to some degree. But let's dive in quickly. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I know where the hell I am. I am Dan Vesperis. I'm not sure that I know who I am, but I know where I am. And where I am is a state of light fatigue, which is pretty much par for the course. I'm sleepy. You guys know it already. I mean, I've already talked about this on the show. My wife is on an early morning rotation at the hospital right now. So uh, for these two weeks, last week and this week, I'm dropping off two kids at two different schools that are like 25 minutes apart from one another. So I leave my home. We get up at 6.30 to pack lunches. I leave my home by 7.30 with both kids, but I don't get back until like 8.45, and so it's hard. I but it, I I set up the live YouTube show late last night so that folks could have an opportunity to kind of pop in there and and settle in early, and hopefully some of you have. But oof, I'm cooked, man. Follow me over on Twitter at Dan Baspers. We're going to keep trying to push the Twitter growth. I know that right now it's hard to be in love with Twitter because things break about once every three days, and Elon's done weird stuff. And you know, some folks listening, I'm sure, are just sort of generally opposed to elon as a human still i would tell you that if you if you play fantasy basketball and you are not on twitter you will not be the best version of your fantasy basketball self because the news hits there fastest someday maybe another thing will will pop up that's better where you can streamline it even more but right now that place is Twitter. So do get an account, even if you want to hide in anonymity. I don't care. Follow me at Dan Vaspers. Follow Ethos Fantasy BK to make sure you get your fantasy news feed, and uh, we'll keep you we'll keep you afloat here throughout this basketball season. Let's go through the the box scores from yesterday. I think this will be the shorter part of today's show. Although you know, overall, this is probably just not going to be the world's longest episode of the pod because. When we get into the streaming stuff, the second half of the show, for our head-to-head playoff battlers, this is not a day that I wanted folks to be using a bunch of moves anyway. And with nobody getting hurt yesterday, there shouldn't really be anyone you have to replace on your fantasy team. Whatever. Boston lost at Cleveland. Boston was also without like 60% of their team, so shouldn't have been a massive surprise. I actually thought it was kind of impressive that they hung in there the way that they did. Malcolm Brogdon, not surprisingly, huge role with no Jason Tatum because that usage does tend to trickle to Brogdon and Derek White when one of the big stars is out. Robert Williams is out for about a week, maybe a tiny bit more, and Big Al was resting on the second half of a back-to-back here, so... Uh, Mike Muscala got 35 minutes and did almost nothing with them. Blake Griffin started at center also in this game. I thought for sure Grant Williams would get a start, but he's kind of in the doghouse right now. Apparently Joe Mazzula was yelling at Grant during breaks in the action yesterday. So Grant got doghoused. He did hit four three-pointers at least before having to, uh, well, not being allowed to play any additional minutes. And, uh... Yeah, then they had to get a lot of stuff out of the other guys and, and just not enough out of Marcus Smart, really. I think that was the difference between Boston stealing this game and kind of letting it slip through was they just needed Smart to hit a few more shots. For the Celtics, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. You are not going to be able to hold ground if you're not above 500 near the top of the Eastern Conference at the very least because there's... The Eastern Conference is extremely top-heavy right now. Uh, the Bucks kind of running away with it all of a sudden. Sixers have been hot. Cavs have been hot. Knicks have been lava hot. They're 39-27 and 27 now. And for the Celtics, suddenly they're only two games up on Philly. So that 2 seed is not locked in, and those teams might end up playing one another at some point. I'm guessing, I'm guessing they'd like to have home-court advantage. Although, you know, who knows? Over on the Cavs side, by the way, are we doing anything with Mike Muscala? No, because Al Horford's going to be back in the next ballgame. I don't know about Jason Tatum, but you won't see 35 minutes out of Muscala nightly, and the fact that he played 35 minutes and didn't do anything should make that decision a whole heck of a lot easier. For Cleveland, Karis LeVert played 33 minutes off the bench and was not terrible, which is part of what allowed him to keep playing. He was he was in the units that were winning this ball game, so he got some extra run. And didn't shoot very much, which frankly is good when we when you are running Karis LaVert out there. I don't think anybody was. Just wanted to talk about him because we clown on him a lot, and he did have a better ball game here, so you know. a doo Philly Indiana is a weird one. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a game with two hundred and ninety combined points. We're only like Four players had true fantasy value, and I know you can argue that that a lot of guys had like just barely good enough fantasy value. Like Buddy Heald missed a bunch of free throws, or he would have had a good fantasy game, but look, he missed the free throws. So I don't know. T.J. McConnell had a decent game off the bench; it wasn't spectacular, but it was decent. Jalen McDaniels filling in for I would argue both B.J. Tucker and Tobias Harris. Had 20 points and 8 rebounds, but nothing else, so it was certainly a very good game for McDaniels in Philly, but it wasn't like a league winner level game. And so you really had this huge game out of Joel Embiid, monster game out of Tyrese Halliburton. James Harden had 20 assists, but he couldn't shoot the ball yesterday. I'm not going to take anything away from Harden, that was a good line. And then Maxi had 24 points, but barely anything else other than the six threes. And so you had this weird game where you figure with 290 points, there would be like seven guys who all went crazy power dunk mode, and it was really just like three or four. But from a fantasy standpoint, look, if, if Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker miss another ball game, you can stream Jalen McDaniels. He was definitely good enough to do so in this ball game. D'Anthony Melton buys himself another game on my squad. He had five fouls in his 27 minutes. And I would argue that he didn't really do much to slow down Tyrese Alliburton. Uh, but 9-6-2 with a steel block and a three-pointer is enough for Melton to get a little bit more time on my team. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter. And suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Remember we were, by the way, if you're worried about Miles Turner, he had fouled out in 17 minutes and then they just split the backup center minutes across all kinds of different creatures. And that was super annoying as per usual. I, Benedict Matherin played 30 minutes and the peripheral stuff disappeared as we expected it would. Portland 110, Detroit 104, Damian Lillard, a huge three pointer. He didn't shoot the ball well, but who cares with Dame at this point? He's been Unbelievable. 31, 13, and 12, six threes, a steal, and a block. Jeremy Grant had a good ball game. You can probably thank Detroit for a little bit of that. And Cam Reddish played well again. I, you know, I have no idea where the eight assists are coming from. I don't really know where the six rebounds are coming from. But he's playing 40 minutes, or did in this one, 35 or more. So you must stream Cam Reddish until Anthony Simons comes back. He's holding his roster spot right now, at least in the starting five. Matisse Thibel, that's a couple quiet games in a row. You kind of knew that at some point the other shoe would drop with on the offensive side for him. The defensive stuff is where you're looking you're like, ah, come on, can we can we lock in some consistency here? I would still hold on Theibel if your team is in any way trying to compete in steals and blocks because these ups and downs for him, they will happen. But as the up starts to come back again, we, we, we've seen it. You know, it can be two and a half steals and over one block. It can be Rob Covington-level stuff on that side of the ball. And especially right now in the fantasy playoffs, if you had a guy that can, not single-handedly, but can really help you win two categories that, especially if you have, like, a games disadvantage, you got to win the weirdo categories. And to me, Thibault becomes extremely valuable in scenarios just like that. And Portland, they play four games this week, so there's sort of no reason to move on. If you were going to abandon ship on a Blazer, it would be Wednesday of next week. Because from that point to the end of the following week, or really to like Saturday of the following week, which is five, six, that's 11 days. They only go four times. Then they go five times and eight days after that. So everything's got to be built with a schedule in mind. These other dudes, though, like Reddish, you just roll with him until the wheels come off, which again... The wheel is shaped like Anthony Simons. For Detroit, God help us all, if we can figure out who's healthy and playing for the Pistons on any given night. Hamadou Diallo tweaked his ankle in this one. He's doubtful for their next ball game already. Alec Burks was in, but only played 22 minutes because he's a veteran on a tanking team. Uh, James Wiseman only played 24 minutes because he fouled out. Isaiah Livers played 39 and did have a better fantasy game, but his fantasy stat set overall is pretty bad. Same story for Marvin Bagley, who can sometimes overwhelm the stat set issues by usage and playing time, and he sort of kind of did a little bit of that yesterday. And then Corey Joseph got 32 minutes off the bench. RJ Hampton had five steals in 20 minutes off the bench, and it's just a total crapshoot right now especially because Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duren and Killian Hayes, three starters for the Pistons, were all out for this game. It's a shame because Detroit does have a really good schedule going right now, again, thanks to the, uh, the rescheduled game that I misfired on for about three minutes on yesterday's podcast. But that gives the Pistons... We're in the stretch now of six games in nine days for Detroit and seven games in 11 days for Detroit. But the problem, of course is that you just don't know who the hell's going to play. So I badly want to have pistons on my head-to-head t- side, and I badly don't have any idea which of them to put on my head-to-head side. <laughs> so, honestly, I think I'd rather leave it alone, although you could take a shot with Wiseman, because he'll probably get 18 to 20 minutes even after Duran comes back. Bagley will probably get about 20 minutes after Stewart comes back. Burks... I think he's going to get some rest days mixed in there. Corey Joseph, not super trustworthy. Hampton, I mean, even with everybody hurt, he only played 20 minutes, so that feels like a bit of an out-of-the-blue kind of the blue game. Jaden Ivey's got all of his percentages issues to deal with. Yuck. Miami beat Atlanta in a tight one. Heat finally hit some three-pointers. Interestingly, it was with Kevin Love out with a rib injury. You know what we haven't talked about very much is that Tyler Hero has completely fallen off the map after a really good first three months of the season. He's totally vanished, largely because his field goal percent has fallen off the map as well, but then that's kind of, you know, the shot attempts have kind of gone with it since he stopped making everything. He's stopped taking everything, and that's not been great. Adebayo was good. Butler was good. Oladipo had a nice game off the bench, but he's no more than a scheduled play. By the way, he did play in a back-to-back. So, Olibo might not sit those right now. Gabe Vincent has not been good enough to play lately. Max Struess has not been good enough to play lately. Caleb Martin had a better ball game. That's a couple in a row now for him, but he's also running hot. When he cools off, you'll probably see Love come back into the lineup around that same time, and so on and so forth. So, again, you know, Miami, another team that has a good schedule going right now, but also a club where you're kind of rolling with a hot hand sort of situation and not so much games cappy. For the Hawks, Sadiq Bey once again had a good ball game. He's been running hot. That's also going to cool off at some point. When Bay stops hitting all of his three-pointers, does that mean you get extra DeAndre Hunter, who also played 36 minutes, more John Collins, who only got 20? Collins has been dealing with some foul stuff lately. He actually was playing a little bit better in this ball game. Collins was a plus 12 probably should have seen more of him. I think Quinn Snyder's making a point with Collins that you can't just sort of like float around and sulk and expect to get your normal playing time. I do expect it to come back a little bit, but he's actually fallen. John Collins has to schedule stream level. And I continue to thank my lucky stars that I did not draft him anywhere. Not one John Collins on any of my 10 teams. Phew. That's a big relief. As far as Sadiq Bey goes, he's a schedule play to me also. Bogdan Bogdanovich, schedule play. DeAndre Hunter, schedule play. The only fringy guy on this team that I think I would probably drop into some roto spots is Okongwu, and he's been kind of intermittently bad under Quinn Snyder as well. Um, they felt like they needed Clint Capella out there. Did they? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but we've seen O'Connor's minutes bounce around a little bit as the Hawks trying to settle in under a new head coach. Uh, Scotty Barnes got ejected in an absolute goofball move by Scott Foster. Did it change the outcome of the ballgame? Hard to say, but this was a kind of a fun one. Gary Trent cooled back off after two big ones. Don't worry, he'll be fine. He's just going to bounce around a little bit more because he's coming off the bench. It just won't be you know the top 40 run he went on. It'll be more like top 80, top 90 now. Jakob Purtle was decent, missed his free throws, but decent again. Freddie Van Fleet, you always know when he's starting one of his little heater runs, and it looks like that started the game before this one. There's no, there's no adjustments to be made here with Toronto. Same story for Denver. No adjustments to be made. You got the main dudes, and then if anybody ever has to miss a ball game, you pivot to Bruce Brown. Easy peasy. We're not going to spend more time on that than we need to. Sacramento beat New Orleans without De'Aaron Fox. Laker fans everywhere rejoiced as the Pelicans lost for the seventh time in their last ten ball games, and the Lakers now have moved into a four-way tie for the final play-in spot with the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Pels. They're they're each two games back of the Clippers, so there's a little bit of a gap there. The Thunder are only a half game back of all four of those teams, and so right now it's sort of a five-pick-two game to get that last couple of play-in spots, although the Mavs and the Clippers have been having their fair share of issues lately as well, so nothing is nothing is safe. The uh, I've been pretty hesitant to throw Davion Mitchell into lineups when De'Aaron Fox has been out because the first three or four games that Mitchell filled in at point guard, he was quite bad. He's been good now the last two. I wouldn't do anything more than a schedule play on Davion. I wouldn't use him in Roto. They're off. Kings are off for two days before they got the Knicks, the Suns, and the Bucks. Yowza. Tough stretch here coming up uh, for Sacramento before things lighten up a little bit after that. Although they still, they actually have both, they have two matchups with Phoenix left, and they have a Boston mixed in there. Not that the Kings are any real trouble. They hit their season win total over ages ago. My wife and I are going out to a steak dinner on that damn bet. Easiest, literally the easiest season win total wager I think I have ever made. Uh, Maybe not in my life, because there were some ones coming out of the COVID year, the following season, that were really easy. Like Boston, who lost something like 190 games to COVID protocols. (laughs) So it was pretty easy to back them. The Heat were an easy one. This was was up there, though. Anyway, uh, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter... Those guys all get more shots when when Fox sits. Uh, I expect Darren to be back in the not-so-distant future. The Kings are in a pretty good spot right now. Um, They're two and a half games up on the Suns, so it's possible they might get passed by Phoenix. I'd be floored if anybody besides the Suns came anywhere near Sacramento. And on the other side of the ledger, with the Grizzlies now dealing with this sort of Ja Morant fallout and the league really, other than, I think I feel pretty comfortable saying the following. Right now, Memphis is kind of coming together. We love our team. We're going to support our team as they go through this kind of recovery period. The rest of the NBA and fans of the NBA have kind of, and Memphis did it to themselves a little bit by talking big before they had kind of been there. That always irritates uh NBA fans the Clippers did that for a long time where they acted like they had won a title where they kind of hadn't really yet we're seeing Memphis do a little bit of that and then this other stuff is happening so I feel like most NBA people are individually definitely rooting for Ja to get through whatever this is that's going on for him but also kind of rooting for the Grizzlies to lose a little bit right now and the Suns or sorry the Kings are only a half game back Kings actually have a shot at the number two seed right now. Wild stuff. but regardless, there's sort of no reason to push anyone on that club because they're in really good uh, situation and you know I got the, they got this tough part of the schedule coming up, but they're in a pretty good spot. Kevin Herder, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, those are guys I would consider more as a schedule play when Fox is out. Keegan Murray I think is is above that cut line even when the team is fully healthy mostly because he's been such an efficient outside shooter although i really do wish he would rebound more. And then on the New Orleans side, no Josh Richardson again for personal reasons, which means Trey Murphy is absolutely a stream. Jonas Valančiūnas came back, he was great in this one. Everybody's always great in the high scoring games with Sacramento. Herb Jones had a nice ball game. Brandon Ingram had a lot of turnovers, but otherwise he was fine. Uh, Only C.J. McCollum kind of deuced himself on the, the Pelican side. Just keep an eye on the Josh Richardson situation. If he has now, if he got Wally pipped here, meaning got hurt, lost his starting job, doesn't get it back. Hard to say that he ever really had the starting job, but he was starting for a couple of days. That counts for something. He might not have it anymore. So if he comes back and he's not starting, you can cast Josh Richardson off into the ocean and move in a different direction. Okay, that's the mid-show point here, which again, like I said, I don't think we're going to go quite as long today. I want to remind everybody listening on both the live and the recorded side that Sports Ethos has a baseball draft guide out right now. I know at least one of you plays fantasy baseball. I know there's one, so please do go check that out. You can actually visit the baseball draft guide landing page without buying anything just so you can see all the cool stuff that's in there right now. So please, I beg of you. I beg of you. This is part of what powers the locomotive around here. I would also say, by the way, that if you're thinking, ah, you know, baseball, I I care about it a little bit. The baseball stuff is in the Fantasy Pass right now, which also has all of our NBA stuff, including the, the exclusive premium side of our sports ethos discord where there's an ask the pros channel open 24/7 to me maybe the most valuable thing in premium fantasy sports is over there uh so go to the sportsethos.com check out the premium tab and choose get premium Oh, also, you can be up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. That goes for anybody on either side of this coin, live, recorded. You guys know the drill, at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And if you're hanging out with us on the recorded side, please do make sure to join us live on YouTube next time at youtube.com slash Ethos. All right, here's what we're doing next. Everybody on the live side gets to see me pull up the schedule streaming board. Everybody that's listening, I'm going to do my best to continue to paint the picture as best I can. Today is a day that, like yesterday, I would prefer if you did not make any streaming moves. In a perfect scenario, you wouldn't have to do it. Nobody got hurt yesterday, so again, you really shouldn't have to do it but there are sometimes extenuating circumstances so let's take a look at what's going on today and where we might need to do something active reminder on yesterday's show we talked about how i i fully understand that some of you were not able to long stream coming into this week i fully understand that so that's why on yesterday's show, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you could do uh, at the front end of the week to maximize games played. And then I got crisscrossed on a rescheduled game, but then I corrected myself. And it was basically the Heat and the Hawks were the two teams that, and the Pistons, were the teams that had good schedules to start this week. You can see on your screen, Detroit, four out of six ball games. They also have a six in nine. The Hawks have a five in eight. The Heat, uh, had a 5-8 also to start this week. If you made moves to those teams, you should not be touching them for at least six days. Meaning you made those moves to get you through Saturday of this week. That's actually really important because it also means that you're down one or two moves coming into the week. If you long-streamed coming into this week... There might be a scenario where you had someone who played yesterday on Monday as part of a long stream that maybe doesn't go as regularly the rest of the week. A couple of teams that would fall into that bucket would be Sacramento because they only have two games over the next six days. Uh, Who else is floating around in that bucket? The Pelicans, they only have one game over the next four days, although they do go back-to-back over the weekend. Pacers, two games the rest of the week that played yesterday. Boston, two games the rest of the week after playing yesterday, and then a bunch of Celtics rested. So you actually had a few Celtics that were cut down to a two-game week anyway. So let's say that you had some guys that were long streams that were on some of those teams, and you're thinking, you know what, I have an opportunity here where Boston, whatever other teams that I was just talking about, you guys can go look it back up. I think I said Boston, Indiana, and everybody watching live can see me scrolling back through to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Sacramento, and I think that might have been the end uh Yeah, because the Pels still have three. But remember what we talked about on yesterday's show, and I want to start almost every streaming segment on this pod by issuing the same decree, which is, if you are long streaming, and you definitely should be if you're in a playoff battle, try to add two moves, two moves, to whatever stretch of time you are long streaming that slot. So in this case, it's actually not that hard to pull off. Let's say that you had a, well, I don't remember what Boston's schedule was like coming into this week. I think Sacramento, yeah, so Sacramento had a Friday-Saturday back-to-back last week, and then they played again yesterday, Monday. So that was part of a little, you know, three-games-in-four-days stretch. It's not what I would call a traditional long stream. It's, you know, four days is more of a medium stream. But now you might be left with a king, uh, like a Kevin Herter, or a Davion Mitchell, or Trey Lyles is even on the board, or Malik Monk, doesn't have to be one that worked all that well, and you want to get off of them, which is understandable because they have a very good Knicks defense, that's their next game on Thursday, and then they're in Phoenix, that could be a high-scoring game, but regardless, it's going to be a tough one on Saturday. Then you should be asking yourself, by the way, I want to stress again, this discussion is for people who did not use moves yesterday. If you used one move on Monday, I could maybe get behind the idea of using a second move this week today. But at that point, you shouldn't be touching anything else unless somebody gets hurt until Friday or Saturday. Okay? So if you're... If you have four moves, if you're working with four weekly moves, and you've used two by today, you should still be on two on Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday, you can maybe think about doing something else. But... For this, you know, this cross-section of long streamers who either did not use a move yet this week because they were able to long stream through a game yesterday or maybe those that used one yesterday and need to get off of someone like a King or a Celtic today, there are options out there that have four games the rest of this week. The beauty part of this part of my show, and the funny thing here is, You guys are on the recorded side, you guys would never know that this was the case, but now that we're doing these things simulcast on YouTube, I feel like I need to explain myself. This part, I don't write this part down. So when I'm looking now at who has four games the rest of this week, I could just have a little list, but it's actually just as easy for me to scroll through an Excel spreadsheet. Brooklyn has four games the rest of this week, so the Nets are actually very much at the top of my board of uh, possible streaming options. The Knicks and the Thunder, although Oklahoma City is extremely interesting because they have a pair of back-to-backs, so you might see they really only have one guy who's not super-duper-duper-duper-duper young on that team, and even he's pretty damn young, and that's Shea. If Shea sits out any of these back-to-backs, you get a bunch of other guys that kind of move back into the possible play zone. And the Wizards. The Wizards uh, have four games the rest of this week, including three of them against teams that are not good on the defensive side. So again, if you have three or more remaining moves this week, and you have someone on your team who only has two games the rest of this week, and I'm not talking about the Suns, I'm not talking about the Spurs, uh, I'm definitely not talking about the the Wolves because they actually play tonight as part of one of their two games in this lovely two-game week, and the Clippers are also 2 two-gamer. You should have done something with those dudes yesterday. There was no reason to wait an extra day on the, the two-game weeks that don't start until Wednesday. I'm talking about the teams that now have a two-game week after playing yesterday. This is actually a really interesting, weird little window. Boston, Indiana, and I already forgot the third team on our board. Kings. Those are the three. Those are three teams that have two games over the next six days, where you can now long stream and get a four gamer out of someone on Brooklyn, someone like a Dorian Finney-Smith, or even a Royce O'Neal or a Cam Thomas if he got thrown to the Wolves, uh, New York. Not as many great options there because Emmanuel Cookley is going to be heavily rostered these days, but Isaiah Hardenstein, if you're looking for a big, he's getting like 17 to 18 minutes a game. Four of those is like three, eh, call it 18 to 20 minutes. You get in the, between 70, 80 minutes. That's like two and a half to three starters level ballgames. That's good. And presumably the guy you're dropping on one of these teams isn't a guy playing 35 minutes a game. Okay, you're not like, you're not dropping a superstar that only has two games the rest of the way. You're talking, the guy you're dropping on the Kings, we're talking about like a Malik Monk or someone like that. Remember that? Or the Pacers, if you have like a Nemhard or a Neesmith or one of those types. I feel like some of those dudes have been out lately anyway. You're dropping guys that were probably playing 20 to 25 minutes for someone else who's probably playing between 20 and 30 minutes. The options abound. Oklahoma City. Jaylin Williams is on the board. Even freaking Dario Saric in 15 minutes of ball game. You give Dario 60 minutes the rest of the week, he could actually do a little bit of damage. And the Wizards, they've got Denny Avdia floating around out there. they got Corey Kispert floating around out there. There are options on these teams that have four games the rest of the week where you then gain two games played on your overall ledger. And just think about it. Because you're going to hesitate for just a second. You're going to be like, well... You know, I don't, I don't really trust whatever player on this team. I don't really trust Jalen Williams to get consistent playing time with the Thunder. And you'd be right to not trust him getting consistent playing time on the Thunder because he hasn't gotten consistent playing time on the Thunder. But at the same time, what you're thinking about here is how hard it is for someone to outperform another fantasy player in half the number of games. One versus two, two versus four. That's what we're talking about here. If someone averages 15, six, and three, which is pretty good, and a steal or whatever, and they have two games, you're talking about 30 points, 12 boards, six assists, and two steals. Think about how easy that is to get to in four games. Seven and a half points, three rebounds, one and a half assist, and half a steal. That's easy. Those guys are everywhere. The only way, again, we talked about this yesterday, but it's worth repeating. The only guys you're not moving on from in a situation like that are basically like top 50. Or if your playoffs continue beyond this, like you're not going to drop a top 60 player on the Kings if you have another playoff week because they've got a four-gamer next week, etc. I'm talking about the the slots that you've already earmarked as I rub my ear on camera for some reason, the spots you've already earmarked as streaming spots where you can now turn a fringe player your guy you're streaming is probably between 100 and 150 anyway, double the number of games they have the rest of the week That could be a top 200 player, and he'd still smoke the 125 guy in four games versus two. If you are not, however, in that scenario where you have a player on one of those three teams that's bad enough that you can drop them to stream the slot and also have enough roster moves to do it and still have at least two left to save for injuries or the weekend, then don't do it. Don't do it. Um... I don't think I'm making any moves in any of my head-to-head leagues today. There's one where I'm looking at it and thinking, do I need to attack a completely different category? Because if so, then maybe. Uh, But that would be the only very long stretch. To my YouTubers, throw your questions in the chat room. We're about to move to the post-show portion of the proceedings to all my friends over on the recorded side. Please come join us at sportsethos.com slash... Nope, that's not right. I mean, yes, you can join us at sportsethos.com and choose get premium, get at Fantasy Pass. You can get basketball and baseball here for this next month. Uh, but the, the link I was actually trying to say was youtube.com slash sportsethos. We are also recruiting. This is actually a great time to get started in your fantasy career because this is a time when everybody's starting to tune out and the competition right now for our open contributor spots is lower than in October, November, December, January, etc., So hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Vespers, if you want to learn more about that. Or email roster at sportsethos.com, or just put it in the YouTube chat, and I will see it over there as well. On to tomorrow, everyone. Let's enjoy the Tuesday. Medium Tuesday. Who doesn't love a good Medium Tuesday? We'll do this all again tomorrow. Everything else that we do, the look aheads, all that stuff, that we'll do over on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. So long for now.